It's time for our weekly meeting you are listening to from sobriety to recovery. Let's get to the show. Hello, 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 everybody. My name is Jesse Mogul, and I am in addiction recovery. And you are listening to From Sobriety to Recovery, our weekly dose of positive inspiration and a little bit of uh, NLP knowledge coming your way today. Super pumped for this episode, like I say, every single week, because this is literally one of my favorite things to do. Talk to you all and give you some of my lessons that I've learned from the week and a little bit of knowledge that hopefully will bring about wisdom and growth in your own lives. I have been noticing a lot lately in myself of a need, this desire to start reaching out to my old friends that I used to party hard with and reestablish those friendships. Uh, Most of them are married now with children. They have since long left the world that we used to inhabit of hardcore drinking and drug use. And and in many cases, I was the one doing most of the drugs, and they were just drinking like normal people. (laughs) And I'm using air quotes there, but you know what I'm talking about. Um, And so what I've been noticing through this is um, a sense of motivation. And, and as I've been learning more about neuro-linguistic programming and how it provides more choice to me and how I relate with the world, how I feel and see my emotions, how my brain deletes, distorts, and generalizes information, something that came up in my studies this week was self-regulation. And what really took me by surprise with this was the way that it talks about how to approach emotions and feelings and values and what these what they really are at the core and by core i mean where it really starts to affect us on the inside i have a very difficult time figuring out what the difference between a feeling and an emotion are in fact i've got a chart up in my room that talks about how beliefs um, can drive thoughts which cause feelings which drive um, actions and create results, but they've also next to feelings have the word emotion. And those are not necessarily the same. And in most cases, they aren't. And according to my reading, they're not at all. <laughs> but I'm still not convinced. Just like it took me a lot of months of watching videos and sitting in meetings to be convinced that um, that addiction was a disease and not a choice, it's taking me some time to figure out the difference between emotions and feelings, you know, where I can be um, emotionally um, happy, but the feeling can be of jubilance or I could, my emotion could be of depressed, but the feeling can be, I could be feeling at the time, like, uh, let's say I just gotten a promotion at work. You know, the emotion that I'm feeling could be, I'm still depressed overall, but the feeling I have at the moment is happy. It's uh, the way I'm trying to equate it for you guys is thinking of it like if something bad happens and you're sitting there and and you're talking to your friend and they're crying, but then you say, well, remember that time that your puppy licked your face and then they smile, you know, the emotion they're feeling at the time is sad, but the feeling you just gave them is of a happy memory. And so for that brief moment, they're happy. And right. And even that, even just then I said the emotion you are feeling, and this is where it gets super complicated. And we're going to dive so deep into this, um, 
today and into the future because I don't think I'm going to be able to cover it all. I'm still learning it, and I don't want to sit here and think about it for the next month and be like, wow, I really wish I had shot that episode back when I was just getting my toe dipped into this pool so that we could learn it together and we could grow through it together. Um, Self-regulation is a necessary, necessary skill to develop for mental and emotional consistency. Okay, historically, self-regulation has been defined as choosing to act or behave in alignment with your long-term interests or primary core values. This comes from Ramsey Kane, who's teaching NLP on Udemy, and this is one of the classes I'm taking. I'm already a master practitioner. I learned it um, in person with uh, Matt Browning down in Costa Mesa, but now I'm taking another class on it on Udemy because I want to hear it and experience it through someone else. And so um, some of the notes that you'll be able to read over at Podbean and whatever, wherever you listen to your podcast, um, some of the notes will be coming from the lessons that I've taken from him and just from my own words. Where I originally got into the self-regulation was understanding that there are four main parts of it. It's intention, attention, so it's intention with an I-N, attention with an A-T, distraction, and attitude. And by looking at the way you decide to go through a task, right, and since this is a whole show about sobriety and recovery, we're going to discuss it specifically around sobriety and recovery, but you can also take this to uh, the job or going to the gym or being a more uh, involved lover in a relationship or just being a better mom, dad, sister, brother, whatever it might be. If you're sitting there and you have the ability to write this down, then take a piece of paper and draw um, draw like a big like uh, four quadrants. So draw a line down and then draw a line through the middle of that and put intention in the upper left-hand corner attention with an AT in the upper right-hand corner, distraction in the bottom right-hand corner, and attitude in the bottom left. And think about when you stepped into the world of sobriety, and if you're there already into recovery, and if you're working towards it, this will be able to give you a better understanding of how to really efficiently start to see the process that you're going to and or going through. And what, one of the things I love the most about the way that my brain works is that I enjoy processes. I, I enjoy put. I enjoy habits. I enjoy being able to put things into a certain sequence so that I can always accomplish the same outcome, especially if the outcome that I'm getting to is good. Now, with the addiction, it was not a great outcome, but these little triggers would, would pop. You know, I'd get a good grade or I'd get a bad grade, and that means I, you know, the cue, there's my cue, and now the craving is to drink, and then the, the cue craving response reward. Then the response is to get alcohol, and the reward is to drink the alcohol, right? Had I known what I know now with intention, attention, distraction, and attitude, I could have been setting intentions about what I was going to do when something emotionally triggered me. And that's what's really important for us as addicts to start to wrap our head around is the idea of what is our emotional response to something and why is that emotional response happening. Okay, I mean, you know, when we, the quality of our lives is dramatically impacted by the company we keep. You know, if you've read any books, if you've ever heard anything of it around that you are uh, an accumulation of the five people you hang out with the most. When I got to college, I wanted to party hard and I wanted to do drugs. So I found people who did that. And I surrounded myself with them so that those things would always be around me. 
Okay, now if I set a different intention, you know, if my intention had been to get good grades and to be healthy, then I would have been hanging out with those people. But my intention was to straight up party hardy. You know, I got away from the family. My mom and dad had gotten divorced the summer before college. All the ducks were in a row for me to lose my mind and go there and have a good old time. Now, when we start talking about intention within self-regulation, you you can do this based on actions you want to achieve as well as emotions. Okay, if you say that you want to be sober and get into recovery, you have now set an intention for your sobriety. You ha- ask yourself in that moment, what is the truth about this intention? Why do I want to be sober and get into recovery? For most of us, that's the easiest answer to come up with. I'm just tired of the bullshit life that I've been living. When people ask me why I got sober and how I stay sober, it's I was just fed up with the old me. Nothing about that old version of me managing the alcoholism, managing the drug addiction was 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 fun. Even when I was younger and I thought it was fun, I was just fooling myself because it was like, well, I, I had a great time. I partied hard. I met pretty girls. I had a great time with my boys. And it, it was totally worth it. And then, you know, doing that for a month became a year and became a decade and became two decades. And you look back and you're like, do I, how much of that stuff do I really remember? What, what was the point of all of that? And so when you set this intention to step into sobriety and move into recovery, ask yourself the truth. What is the truth of why you want to do this? This is a very, very, very important step in self-regulation because it allows you to bring what might be unconscious to the conscious. And that is, to me, one of the most important things that we can do for ourselves. Because the unconscious mind is where all these patterns and habits and addictive behaviors get triggered, right? You might have been knowing for years that doing drugs and drinking have been detrimental to your relationships, your career, yourself, but you still kept doing it. And even when you bring something out of the shadows into right in front of you with this intention, it doesn't mean you're necessarily going to snap your fingers and everything is going to be great again, right? But it's the option you have now to actually see it for what it truly is. You, 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 once you pull this intention in, uh, into sobriety and say, I want to be sober and I want to get into recovery because I no longer want to manage my addiction. I, I want to be present with the people I love. I want to treat myself better and I want to succeed more within my career. Once you have that understanding of what you're looking to achieve, it's going to be now you're able to see what it exactly is that you're working toward, what you're working on. And figuring out what will get you there, which is where attention comes in. All right, because now you can focus your attention exactly on what it is you want to achieve, what it is you are intending to accomplish. With that, in- with that attention towards your intention, and I know this intention, attention thing, it's, it's screwing my brain up too, because one's I-N, one's A-T, but it's there, attention versus intention, and I'm really working hard to enunciate correctly so that you don't get too confused because I already get confused. (laughs) When you focus your attention on what it is you want to achieve, now you're able to to evaluate, reevaluate, assess, reassess all that the actions to see if to see if your actions are serving you toward that outcome. 
right? If you've set the intention to get into sobriety so that you can get into recovery because you want to, you know, all those positive things I mentioned before, be more present with the people who love, treat yourself better, be more professional at work. Now, when you start giving your attention towards being treating yourself better because you're in sobriety and by treating yourself better, that could be working out, that could be getting up on time, that could just be, you know, and those are the, to me, I'm not going to, I don't want to say that they're superficial because they're not, but let's go to what I think is truly the deep part about treating yourself right. Getting rid of the negative self-talk, no longer beating yourself up, not sitting in this perpetual state of depression because you think that there's no way out, right? You start to put your intention on realizing there is a way out. There is a, you know there's a way out because other people have done it. Other people have gone through horrible tragedies, horrible tragedies, and come out on the other end. So you know it's possible. I mean, you could have lost a loved one. You could have been sexually abused. You could have been physically harmed. I mean, whatever it, wherever your brain wants to go, when I say absolutely horrible tragedies, let it go there for this moment and say, okay, that's happened to people, and yet you see that they've been able to come out of it, and then you've seen other people who weren't. You can't sit here and say, well, my horrible tragedy is worse than everyone else's, and therefore I, I'm stuck in this forever, because other people have gone through a similar tragedy and been able to come out of it. And when you, there's a Musaf oh, Malali, I think, she had acid, she's Muslim, she had a, she's a young girl, she had some acid thrown into her face, burned her face, now she's won a Pulitzer, uh, not a Pulitzer, she's won... Um, Oh, goodness, what's a big, huge award that everybody uh, craves to want to be able to get? Um, oh, it, I can't believe I just forgot it. My brain will get it later. But now she opens up schools. She writes books. Um, She's just this amazing influence all around the world. And she had her face burned with this acid, attacked. And she's able to come out of that. You've heard people from the from World War II who are in the concentration camps being able to forgive the Germans for what they did, be able to move through that and come out of it. So I, I'm only throwing you out some very from some really bad ones so that you realize that if you set your intention to come out of it and then you pay attention to how you're doing it, it is possible. And then by putting your attention towards it, you say, I am going to treat myself better. And then at the end of the day, you evaluate the way you treated yourself then you can say, oh, well, here I could have been nicer to myself. When I, you know, when I locked my keys in my car, instead of beating myself up, I could have just realized that my mind was somewhere else, and in the future I should be more present to what's happening in the moment. By setting an, in an attention towards getting better self-care towards yourself and being nicer towards yourself, you're able to understand when you don't. And then you just evaluate it and then say, tomorrow, I'll be nicer to myself. Tomorrow, if I eat the cookies that I didn't want to eat because I'm trying to lose weight, then I'll understand, well, what was the, what was the action that got me there? What was, did I allow a feeling or a thought to spark a feeling that drove me thinking, oh, now I need the cookies? I've got a lot of friends who say they're emotional eaters, and I'm like, okay, well, then let's figure out what thought sparked that feeling which drove the action to the cookies, right? Did you have a thought like, you know, look in the mirror and you're like, oh, this is going to take forever. I'm never going to be able to lose this weight. So that sparked a feeling of, uh, I feel like this is insurmountable. I, I will not be able to overcome this. And then the action was, well, screw it. I might as well just eat cookies today then. You know, what 
what's going on in your head? What pictures are you seeing of your thoughts that are sparking these feelings that are driving these actions? And then you'll be able to see when you set that intention and started paying attention to treating yourself better, what was the action that either got you to do that for the day or didn't help you do that for the day? Step three in this whole thing is distractions. When you're evaluating and assessing the areas of your life where you're paying this attention, start noticing the distractions that get in the way from you accomplishing what you're working toward achieving. Right? We don't want distractions to keep us from our goals. Cookies are distractions, but also people can be distractions. If you're hanging out with those five people and none of them are trying to lose weight and you are, then they're a distraction. They might say, no, let's go to lunch. And then they all want to get, you know, uh, jalapeno poppers and nachos. And you're sitting over here wanting to order a salad, but you don't want to feel different or weird or upset them. So you end up eating the food that you didn't want to eat. And then you go home and the thought is that you're a loser, which sparks a feeling of sadness, which drives the action of eating more sugar when you didn't want to. Right now, all of a sudden, that distraction, now you're blaming your friends. Well, if you hadn't made me go to Chili's and eat all those jalapeno poppers, I'd be skinny by now. And that's not the way that it works. You made that decision. One, to go out with the friends who you knew weren't going to necessarily eat the way you wanted to eat. And if they get upset because you're trying to change your life, which I felt some of my old friends might have been like, well, I used to drink with you all the time, and I don't think I need to stop. So maybe you don't need to stop. I remember having someone tell, you know, not just someone, multiple people telling me, I don't think that you're an alcoholic. And they didn't see what I was doing to myself in my bedroom by myself. They didn't see the five bottles of wine that I could polish off in two hours of watching Vikings on FX. They didn't see that. And also, I had to ask myself, were they worried that if I was questioning that, that then they would need to? So is that, a, is that just a distraction for me that I don't need? I don't need any more distractions. I am perfectly capable of giving me myself my own. So when you set an intention to get into sobriety and move into recovery, and then you set your attention towards that, of being nicer to yourself, of being more positive about this experience, about understanding, you know, if you, about understanding why you got here and how you can move through it, I didn't go to AA and I didn't do the 12 steps, but I've read them and, I, and I've really dove into them a bit. And same with Refuge Recovery, there are four truths. And I'll tell you what, there's some steps in there um, with both programs that really allow you to go back, make amends, forgive yourself, release it to a higher power. I mean, this stuff is really crucial. I did it on my own in my own way, but I see why the, why AA took off the way that it did, for, and it still has for decades, because it, you set this intention. You start to pay it attention by going through the steps. It helps you eliminate distractions because you're like, no, today it's all about step four. Today it's all about step nine. Now you're able to eliminate the distractions. And, step, and then in, in this process I'm teaching you, the last step for it is attitude. As you're moving through the other three sections, this, it, the attitude you have about moving through them will determine the attitude that you have throughout this entire cycle. 
And then when you get to attitude, it goes back up into intention. So if you set the intention to embrace sobriety, to get into recovery, and you start paying it attention by going through the steps or being vulnerable in the conversations you have, whatever the attention was that you determined, and you began to eliminate distractions, if you felt like this was the best, most amazing thing that you've ever done for your life, your attitude is going to be of exuberance and happiness and wanting to continue which means that when you get back up to reset your intention, which you really are doing every day. And in fact, with the way I held on to my sobriety at the beginning, sometimes it was just every five seconds, every five minutes, right? I could cycle through all of these in in five minutes. My intention is to stay sober for the next five minutes. My attention is focused on it. So I will not buy a beer. I will not go to the store. The distraction could have been if it was happy hour and I was at a restaurant with some friends or I was at the grocery store trying to buy some meat and vegetables and I had to walk by the, the alcohol aisle. But you know what? My attitude is I can make it. I can get through this, right? And now I get to reset my intention. And you know, within sobriety and recovery, and I'm doing this big circle in front of me right now, is that this is a constant loop that can either take a second to run through or it could take five years depending on how big the goal is, how, how, how big the task is that we're trying to accomplish. Attitude is everything. And I know you've heard this before, whether you pay attention to sports or you've just read it somewhere, you've come across this attitude is everything. And with self-regulation, that is the most important to me aspect of it is of the attitude. This, it is a perpetuous loop that we're going through constantly of intention, attention, distraction, attitude, back up to intention, attention, distraction, attitude, intention, attention. You see where it's going. It, it's never, it's nonstop. You can go to a movie, a movie. You can go to a meeting. Well, you could say movie as well, but I want to talk about meetings. You could go to a meeting and say, my intention is to actively listen, to not be thinking about what I'm going to say, and to be supportive to everyone in that room. The, the, okay, that's your intention. Now, the attention that you give that is by, you know, not glancing at your phone, not daydreaming, right? The action you're taking, not looking at your phone, not daydreaming. You know, for me, I like to look people in the eyes and then the nose, then the mouth, and then come back up to the eyes. So I make this triangle, left eye, right eye, nose, mouth, left eye, right eye, nose, mouth. And if that becomes too repetitive, then I just switch eyes and I start going counterclockwise, right eye, left eye, nose, mouth. Right, then you can just whatever it is, I just focus in on their face. All right. And I don't allow my brain to go off. That's how I pay it attention. That's my action that I do to make sure I'm actively listening. I'll even repeat the words that they've said in my head to make sure that I'm I'm there. As long as that's not a distraction. Boom. Now we're at distractions. Right? Somebody else's phone going off can be a distraction. Thinking about the test you have the next day could be a distraction. Thinking about the assignment at work. Or, you know, will your loved one be mad that you forgot to get milk? Whatever that distraction is, it's taking your attention away from the intention you set. Don't do that. This, it's literally, some, some people want to make things supremely complicated and say, oh, well, you know, you got to breathe and you, well, breathing's not complicated, but hear me out. You got to breathe and you got to focus and you got to do this and you got to do that. I'm like, just don't do it. The moment you th- see your mind going off, just bringing it back in. And breathing is one of the better ways that I use to refocus myself. I don't focus on the breathing. I focus on the air filling up in my lungs. Just doing it right then calms me down. Now I can talk a little slower. 
right now I can dial it down back to a little bit more of a kinesthetic feeling for those of you who like to breathe deeply and talk slowly. Right? My intention for this podcast was to give you guys knowledge on how you can regulate your own behaviors, your emotions, and your actions by showing you this pattern that I was taught. The attitude I have is of excitement to share it with you, right? And that, is that a feeling? Is that emotion? But my attitude is of excitement to share it with you, of confidence that this will help you, and of, let's say, what is, what is that? Like, a, disassociating myself from the, from the, like, overending need for me to know if this has helped you. Because I know it will help you if you take this and you put it into your life. The attitude is crucial, right? If your attitude is, I know I can be sober, right? And the, when I was taught this, the fact that intention was in the top left and the attitude wasn't there, it, was, it took me off a little bit because sometimes I start with attitude. I, my attitude was, I am tired of being hungover all the time. I'm tired of my body rejecting the alcohol. I'm tired of waking up in my bathtub, my, my nose randomly bleeding. I'm tired of all of that. My attitude was fed up. So I set the intention to be sober, which my, which my attention meant that I wasn't going to pick up alcohol or drugs, and I was going to stay focused on the fact that I know that this is the best move for my life. The distractions that came about were happy hour every day or a sports event popping on, whatever the distraction, whatever that cue is for you, that can be the distraction. When I can make it through five minutes or I can make it through a day, it, it, it was proof of concept to me. It was proof that this was going to work. And then, boom, I felt great. That is my attitude. And each day fed off of another one. Each day feeds off of another one. So you can go over to Podbean, check out the show notes. I'm going to make sure I put this there. And um, I, I typed out some really cool stuff from when I learned this on the lesson. And this is just step one of self-regulation. Down the line, I have got some fantastic, fanta- fantastic stuff that we're going to discuss when it comes to being able to really dive deep into the kind of motivations that come through the self-regulation. And that's going to be great. Just a little taste. Just a little taste is going to be approach motivation, avoid motivation, and attack motivation. Right? And I'm not even going to begin to get into these. That's going to come a little bit later. I'm going to Vegas next week to speak at a women's conference, and then I might be doing a workshop with them the next day. So I might jump into part two of self-regulation next week, or I might have some amazing lesson I've learned from speaking in Vegas. I can't wait to go there and spread all some knowledge and be supportive with people who are looking to make powerful changes in their own lives. I know that's what you're looking to do, and that's why you tune in to From Sobriety to Recovery is because personal transformation and personal growth and self-growth and self-transformation and any other way I could put personal and self and transformation into, <laughs> into a combination, I know, I, know it's in, I know it's important to you. Thank you so much, everyone who listens. I'm already in 20 countries, which is absolutely stupendous. Malaysia, you came out of nowhere, and I got 13 uploads there. I don't know if you've uploaded all my episodes, and you're one person, or if you're 13 people listening to one. I don't know. I'd love to find you on Instagram. Hit me up with a DM. Let me know who you are. Any of you who are listening in a country other than the United States, I'd love to know how you found me, probably through Instagram, and and what you're looking to 
gained from this. And by all means, any of you out there, regardless of where you're located, you can DM me or you can hit me up in one of my posts. I'm absolutely always on there uh, maintaining, you know, this, this amazing community that is starting to gather around me and that I'm gathering around them. And it is absolutely amazing. So self-regulation in closing, intention, attention, distraction, attitude, and it's one big loop. And start running the things that you're doing through this and really start to dive deep into what it is that's, that's, that's your driving force. Because by pulling it out of the unconscious mind and setting it down in front of you, you will begin to see amazing things happen for you. You will see amazing ways that you're changing, become more evident, and people around you will be blown away by the growth that they're seeing in you. And hey, you're already sober. That's amazing in and of itself. So thank you so much. I honor you with my time, and, I, and I'm honored by your time, and we're all being honorable with each other's time here. Be supportive. Be loving. Always stand up for what you know is right. Just be there for other people. Inclus- inclusive, not exclusive. Until we meet again, my friends, this has been From Sobriety to Recovery. Please go on whatever app you're listening to me on. Subscribe, rate, review. Uh, it just gives everybody else out there looking for something that can be supportive while they go through this amazing journey. It tells them that people are listening and that people care. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much again. And as always, the power of positive energy. Release it and flow in life. Until we meet again, my friends, take care. Bye-bye.